Welcome to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. We are on episode 165, season four. Uh, and today we are talking about the power of words. Uh, leaders have an enormous amount of power. You can help or you can distinguish the life trajectory of your staff and uh, you can boost them or you can put them down. We've talked about being builders on this show, a lot of different shows. So how you actually say things can matter and the importance of tact. You can uh, contribute in your daily interactions. Uh, you can motivate staff. You can keep that vision alive and trying to stay positive. And that doesn't mean, remember we've talked about that before, that doesn't mean you don't have disagreements and you don't have um, discussions and you allow people to have opinions. Uh, that's the best way you can run your teams is to have some of that constructive dialogue going at all times and coaching with your staff. But I want to start today with something from uh, Educational Leadership, uh, that issue on confronting poverty in schools, uh, December 2022, January 2023. Volume 80, number four, and you can pick that up if you'd like to see more on this. Uh, I'll take parts from an article from uh, Chase Melky, and he's uh, uh, the Burnout Rx, and it's called Compounding Influence. Small acts of kindness can lead to massive changes over time. And he's an instructional coach and a speaker, and he's the author of The Burnout Cure, Learning to Love uh, Teaching Again. Uh, let's see. Let's start a little bit with this. Uh, he, he said, the final assignment for my students in my positive psychology class was was to take an entire day to complete the assignment. And they were had one objective. And, uh, and the objective was to uh, write affirmations. And then they were to get these out to people. And it was interesting uh, the way this uh, came about. So let me read a little bit here. Uh, they went to the library and looked for the least happy person. And that guy, nope, he's too smiley, her, nope. Then they spotted her, a woman who looked miserable, raw, and reddened, with reddened eyes, disheveled clothes, her face frozen in a scowl. They flipped through all of their notes to find the perfect one to give her. They awkwardly walked up, slid the index card to the woman, scampered away, and watched from a distance. To their horror, the woman started uh, bawling right away in the library. They panicked, thinking they offended her, and rushed up to apologize. As they started to say sorry, she threw her arms out for a hug. She uh, cried into the shoulders of my students, total strangers to her. Turns out she had suffered a miscarriage one month prior. Every day since, she questioned her desire to live. Why should she keep going? Why would life punish her like this? What would be the point? But then as she told my students that the note to her... Uh, was a sign from God not to give up. The note said four words. It will get better. Four words on an index card may have saved this human being's life. It was an act of simple yet so powerful, yet so powerful. After that happened, I found myself wondering, why don't we create these moments more often? I totally agree on that. Why don't we uh, use words that can help people and boost people and build people? Uh, why don't we engage our students or our colleagues or strangers on the street with these simple, kind acts? Ironically, I realized one of our key strengths as educators stops us from trying. Empathy. Ah, interesting. Let's read on. 
Impaired or empowered, the size of the need for change can feel insurmountable, insurmountable. Whether we are battling against childhood poverty, racism, climate change, or our own burnout, we often become overwhelmed with the immensity of the task. There's too much wrong, too many people to help, too much suffering to stop. Alone, I can't fix it all. And that's... Uh, let me continue first. Uh, most educators I know are highly empathetic, but empathy isn't something you either have or don't. Empathy exists on a continuum. On one end, we have empathy gaps, a, def a deficiency in understanding or relating to a person's experiences or emotions. On the other end, we have empathy traps, feeling another's emotions so deeply that we are too impaired to act. Uh, too low empathy equals indifferent. Too high empathy equals impaired. And moderate is empowered. We feel empathy too deeply. We, if we feel empathy too deeply, we can become powerless to act. Uh, Levy Howard and Aronzik uh, in 2018. In these moments, when we feel impaired by the magnitude of making the world a better place, we need to downsize our ambitions. Like my students with their index cards, we need to focus on making one moment a better moment. And we've all heard the story about the starfish and the person walking along and throwing starfishes, uh, starfish out into the ocean, and there's thousands of them and everything else. And they said, how are you making a difference? And of course, uh, the person says it matters to that one starfish, and that's true because the one thing that you do can matter to that individual or that person or that person on your staff. That time you drop a, a rock in the pond, it makes a ripple, and that ripple continues throughout your organization. Uh, we've talked about the positivity and how you can stop that cancer, that negativism that comes through your staff and through your culture. And keeping that positive going is important, and you can do that through acts of kindness as well. He talks about in the next uh, paragraph how interest adds up. Consider retirement investments. Rather than investing massive sums of money at once, it's smarter and easier to invest small amounts early on. The small habit of effort coupled with compounding interest creates growth. Our efforts of kindness and activism should be the same. And I've always said that with kids. You're, you know, you're banking your positives and your negatives. And the same thing with staff as well. If you're a leader, uh, you want to do as many positives as you can. So when you do need to pull some negatives or work with them on that end, uh, it's not a big deal because you banked positives with them. And part of that is building relationships. And building relationships matter. Uh, let's see. He goes on to say we can... We cue an internal locus of control, focusing on our own agency to create change, which increases our resilience and reduces burnout. Our efforts become contagious, causing a ripple effect that doesn't just impact our immediate network, but multiple networks. We create more expansive waves of positive change. Uh, and he cites Chris Stockis and Fowler, 2011. Uh, we also create re recurring splashes of kindness, our increased altruism, making it more likely that both the giver and the receiver do future uh, altruistic acts. Uh, and that was for uh, Laius, uh, 2016. A small moment of altruism or activism is an investment that yields compounding interest. Identify the change you want to see in the world, such as less racism, greater care for the environment, reduced poverty. Then narrow your focus. How does this problem show up in your school or community? Is there a specific person you know who is experiencing it? Is it a moment that happens in your classroom or community, such as an incident of racial racial uh, prejudice, food waste in the cafeteria, or a resource like clothing, food, or supplies that some students don't have access to? And the poverty schools I was in, of course, we uh, tried to provide any of the resources our students need to succeed at school. If you provide them with a safe environment, and make sure that they have safe housing and make sure that their food getting fed and their health care is getting taken care of. 
they're going to do much better in school. So we tried to provide as many resources as a school uh, through programs and through agencies and contacts uh, that we could, which helped our students in turn do better at school. Uh, and then they, he goes on to say, does your burned out colleague need a note affirming how great they're doing in their job? Do your students need someone who will address uh, um, racist language in the hallway uh, between classes? Does your school need a place for students to get clothing or food donations anonymously and so on? Uh, how influence adds up. Returning from one of our positive psychology field trips, I was reminded of the importance of small actions. One of my students came up to me and tears streaming down her cheeks and then she told me this. I've never in my life had, I felt like I mattered, like I had influence in this world until today. I hear these, I hear her words in my head every time I feel overwhelmed by the challenges of this world, every time I feel fatigued, every time I think I can't fix this. I hope you hear her too. The work you do matters. The actions you take, no matter how small, have influence. Compound your influence and I promise it will get better. And that was Chase uh, Milky compounding your influence. So those words do matter, and I've recently been in schools doing coaching, and I've seen uh, positive quotes on lockers, uh, positive messages to students as they're getting ready for tests. Uh, lots of ways people are, are using words to help others within their buildings. Uh, let's see, and then taken from You Don't Need a Title to Be a Leader from Mark Sanborn, uh, there was a piece I wanted to share uh, let's see if I can find where I put it now. Uh, practicing giving without recognition. True giving is about what one contributes rather than what one receives. While leaders often get recognition for their service, that is not the objective in serving. Find a way to contribute to a colleague or customer anonymously. Sometimes serving anonymously, anonymously is a great way to learn how to go beyond simply giving. Determine how you can best contribute. A uh, few of us have the luxury to do only what we are best at or would like to do, but that shouldn't prevent us from determining how we can best contribute our time, talents, and knowledge. How can you best contribute to others? And as leaders, you are constantly uh, looking for ways to contribute to your staff and to your culture and to help that culture. And being a servant leader uh, is often one way to do that and one piece of that leadership uh, spectrum and then taking from john maxwell the maxwell daily reader i'd like to share something called encouraging another's dreams because dreams are at the center of our souls we must do everything in our power to help turn dreams into reality that is one of the greatest gifts we can ever give how can you do it follow these six steps ask them to share their dream with you everyone has a dream but few people are asked about it Affirm the person as well as the dream. Let the person know that you not only have value, that you not only value his or her dream, but that you also recognize traits in that individual that can help him or her achieve it. Ask about the challenges they must overcome to reach their dream. Few people ask others about their dreams. Even fewer try to find out what kind of hurdles the person is up against to pursue them. Offer your assistance. No one achieves a worthwhile dream alone. You'll be amazed by how people light up when you offer to help them achieve their dream. Revisit their dream with them in a, on a consistent basis. If you really want to help others of their dream, don't make it a one-time activity. You mark off your list. Check, it, check in with them to see how they're doing and to lend assistance. Determine daily to be a dream booster, not a dream buster. Everyone has a dream and everyone needs encouragement. Set your mental radar to pick up on others' dreams and help them along. 
and that was taken from his book, 25 Ways to Win with People, Begin the First Step of Helping Another Person Turn His Dream into a Reality. And that's John Maxwell. Always has some wise, wise words. And as a leader, you definitely have the power to encourage with your words. You have the power to build people up. You have the power to impact your staff every day in every way in everything you do. So make sure that you light up uh, when you get to that building and know that it's your task as part of your task as a leader is to help uh, that culture evolve and to help move that culture along and to help encourage people's dreams. As a leader, you're a mentor. And as a mentor, you're helping others. So be a builder and make sure you're continuing uh, to use the power of your words. And as I say um, in staying positive, always uh, keep that power a uh, good power. Use that power to help people, use it to build them up, and use tact. Even when you're working with appraisals, even when you're working with coaching, there's always ways to say things. There's always a way to build things uh, uh, up and to do it in a tactful, uh, motivating manner. Because remember, you need to continue to get the best out of your staff. You need to continue to use their strengths, their talents, and what better way to do that than with the power of your words. Uh, and as we wrap up today, I'd like to finish with a quote. Uh, I've had a lot of worries in my life, uh, most of which never happened. And that was Mark Twain. So let's stop worrying. Let's use the power of our words. So keep promoting effective leadership through productive culture changes. And until next time, let's remember to stay positive. been listening to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAnderson Consulting.com.